You're listening to the Cultivating Careers and Alternative Proteins podcast, a podcast which features students and early career professionals who work in the alternative protein industry, where they discuss their journeys and deliver advice on how you can start a career in this revolutionary field. It seems like AI is transforming everything nowadays, and the alternative protein industry is no exception. This is why I decided to bring on someone who can best speak to the applications of AI in the alternative protein industry. Noah Weiss is an AI and machine learning consultant and the founder of Green Protein AI, a nonprofit initiative by Food System Innovation leveraging advanced AI technology to optimize plant-based meat production through the modeling of the extrusion process. She has 13 years of experience in the field of data science and machine learning, worked for corporates such as PayPal and unicorns such as Armas Security, and has a bachelor's degree in computational cognitive science and psychology and a master's degree in psychology, both from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Outside of her work, Noah applies her experience to promote women in tech through founding and leading the Women in Data Science Israel community, and contributes her knowledge to benefit animals and humans as an AI and data strategy mentor for the Good Food Institute, an advisory board member for Modern Agriculture Foundation, and research engineer for Deep Voice, where she uses machine learning to help whale preservation. In this episode, she explains her journey into alternative proteins and how she was able to use her background in AI to start Green Protein AI. She also elaborates more on the skills she can offer and how others can develop those skills. Welcome, Noah, to the Cultivating Careers and Alternative Proteins podcast. I am very delighted to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. I know this time of recording in January of 2024 has been an ongoing conflict in Israel, and that's where you're based out of. I know it's been a tough time there for you and probably everyone else who's been living there. But I want to talk a little bit more about Israel itself, because what I feel is one of the few leaders in the alternative protein industry. So I was wondering if you could elaborate more on what the alternative protein landscape is like there. Yeah. So the alternative protein ecosystem here is very developed and very exciting. The GFI Israel, the Good Food Institute Israel has really done a fantastic job with decision makers in the government and policymakers to help them see how alternative protein could be vital for food security, which is a big issue for Israel just because of national security. And there has been a lot of work done also by nonprofits. So Israel also has a very large percentage of vegans, and there has been vegan movements, animal welfare movements for a long time that have also pushed that forward. And the result is really an ecosystem that is very exciting. There are a few accelerators and a lot of startups. Startups here would mostly be focused on create like enablers. So they wouldn't be creating end products. They wouldn't be creating mostly the next Beyond Meat or Oatly. Just because the Israeli market itself is it's a small market and not that interesting in the global scheme of things. But we are very good with technology. So you can find more startups like Imagine Dairy, which is a B2B for dairy ingredients. They're creating cow milk proteins through precision fermentation and selling them to the dairy industry. And you have startups like Medium Well, for example. They're helping to bring down the costs of the media needed for cultivating meat. 
You also have augmented reality. They produce an egg replacement. They're focused on the functionality of different animal-based ingredients and how we could replace them. So a lot of startups that are really there to assist those end product companies. But we do also have some end product companies, for example, Aleph Farms, which is an Israeli cultivated beef company that just this month, January of 2024, announced that it got the approval to sell cultivated beef in Israel, which makes it the first company worldwide to sell cultivated beef to consumers. Of course, after cultivated chicken was approved in the U.S. and Singapore already. Wow, that's very exciting. I didn't know that they had, had gotten that approval. I always thought that Israel was definitely on the forefront of the industry, and especially more on the cultivated meat side of things. There's a lot of research done here on that, also in academia. And for that reason, you do have startups that that's what they do. But you also have a lot of startups that are more like B2B, behind the scenes, just working to help those cultivated meat companies or plant-based dairy companies get where they need to go. Right. Okay. So now I want to talk a little bit about your background. So why did you decide to pursue a career in artificial intelligence? I just find it so interesting. It was in the path that I started down. It Actually, I... I was always really fascinated by the human mind. So when I went to university, I was in an interdisciplinary program for computational cognitive science and psychology. So it was really about the human mind from all kinds of different angles. And I didn't think about going into AI. But in my studies, I was exposed to it for the first time. So in psychology, you have a lot of data work because it's really very focused on academic research and then in, in computational cognition, obviously. So it's all about different models of how our brain works, which is the basis of today's AI, deep learning, machine learning, at least most of it. And that's how I was first exposed to it. It took me a while to really decide to focus on it. Like I really wanted to find a career where I can help people and when I was younger, I thought the best way to do that would be to go into psychotherapy. So I was focused on that for a while. But then I realized first just that I find AI so interesting and I kept going back to that. I worked for PayPal for a while in a data science position. And then I went back to school and then I realized that the happiest I am is when... This is going to sound so nerdy. I'm going to regret saying that. But just like when I analyze data for my thesis, applying hierarchical modeling. But also, once I was exposed more to the industry, I realized you could actually make a lot of positive impact in those kind of roles as well. So I still think that psychotherapy is a great way to change the world for people. But I also think if you find the right roles in, in AI, in the tech industry, and of course other places as well, you could find your way to have a very, very large impact on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a rapidly growing field, artificial intelligence, and it'll be very interesting to see how it shapes the world we live in today. Yeah, I agree. For better or for worse. I also think it has its risk, but we'll see. I hope that everyone involved will try to steer the impact of AI towards a positive impact. Yeah, I agree. No technology comes without its downsides. Yep.
So how did you discover the alternative protein industry and why did you decide to direct your efforts towards it? Yeah, so I turned vegan about a decade ago, maybe a bit more. And once I was really exposed to everything happening in the food industry and factory farming, I was always looking for ways just to help with that cause. I wasn't sure how to do that, but I would try different ways. For most of the time, I thought the way to do it is just to get more people to know about what's going on there. Because I saw myself and I saw my friends around me that turned vegan. And for all of us, it was really just becoming aware of what cost other beings have paid for that food. And then it's slightly embarrassing to admit that it was only about a year and a half ago that I was sitting with a friend. And she's very focused on climate and environment, but more in the sense of like plastics and recycling and stuff like that. She just started a job in a different nonprofit group. And we talked about how to make people change, like how to really create a change in society. And I told her that I think that if you want to create a major change, you just need to make it really, really easy for people to do the right thing. And as I said it, I listened to myself and I realized that focusing my efforts on getting more people to know what's going on is probably not the right direction. So once I had that conversation, I started looking more into alternative protein and just looking to see how I can help there. Four years ago, I started working as an AI and machine learning consultant, so working with different companies, hearing about what their pain points are, what their bottlenecks are, and helping them implement AI that could help solve those problems. So it was really my specialty to find those major problems that could be solved with AI, and I decided to try and do that for alternative proteins kind of talked to a lot of people, researched it. I went from knowing zero about it to knowing quite a lot, I would say, in a very short time. And I just looked for those problems where data exists, AI could be used to solve a problem, and it's a problem that will help a lot of companies, like not just solve something for one specific company, but something that if you have it, it it could give a real boost, which is how I landed on extrusion and started Green Protein AI. Wow, that's quite a fascinating journey. And I'm quite impressed how much you've dove deep so quickly in just that short amount of time and learned so much. Yeah, thank you. It's something I do when there's something new that interests me. Quite often that happens. I like working that way. So you mentioned there the use for extrusion. So how do you see AI being a useful tool to the alternative protein industry? I think the potential honestly is infinite, but I also think it's mostly about where we have data and where we don't. So I think you phrased it very accurately, like where AI could be a tool. And especially today when there's such a huge buzz around AI and people see ChatGPT, which is incredible, and all kinds of other stuff that you can do with it, it is a tool. And it's about finding the right problems and applying AI to those problems. But then AI can really be used where you have data. 
So I mentioned ChatGPT, for example, and all of the other LLMs, large language models, they exist because we have a lot of textual data on the internet and in general. So those companies that created them were able to train huge language models because the language data exists. And then you have DALI and other generative visual art. And also that exists because we have that visual data. And the problem with using AI in alternative protein is that we don't have a lot of data. It really depends where. So for example, for precision fermentation, we're working with the genome. It's something that could be done there and could be useful. So we have genome data. So some work could be done there. And there's also a lot of work that has been done in the world of AI on working with very small amounts of data. For example, you can use something called active learning to reduce the number of experiments that you need when you research, whether it's with cultivated meat or really any other wet lab research. And in theory, again, there is a lot more you can do, but we don't really have the public data for that. And that's a big challenge. Okay. So given these challenges, how would you like to see AI shaping the alternative protein industry in the future? I would really like to see more nonprofits or just players in the alternative protein field that are there to enable others, not commercially, not just for the cost of it necessarily. I would love to see them tackle that challenge and creating public data sets that could then be used to find new ingredients, perhaps plant-based ingredients that have required functionality that today we get from animal-based ingredients. For example, stretching for cheese, like with casein or all other stuff that like we try to mimic from using plant-based ingredients and we don't necessarily do it as well. I would love to see that. Honestly, I would love to see more extrusion data out there which is why I started Green Protein AI. I mean, we're not going to make the data public, but we are using it to create a model that could then be used by companies in the field. It's just, there is a lot of potential, but AI is something that really takes a lot of initial investment. It's a while until you really can make use of it. With the state of the economy right now, it's rare to see those companies that really invest in something that isn't strictly essential to their process. The ones that already have products in the market are not investing in R&D so much. And the ones that are still developing their first products, they have very limited resources. I do think that every company that has the data and is willing to apply AI to its problem, it could get a lot of use out of it. But perhaps now is not the best time for it, for most companies at least. Right. Yeah, I kind of understand that. It's a bit new to the industry and it's going to take a little bit of time to gain some traction and get some better understanding of the practicality and applications for it. So you mentioned Green Protein AI, which is an organization which you started. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you went about starting Green Protein AI. Yeah, so as I mentioned before, it started with me going around, talking to different people in the protein field and a lot of mission-aligned people that 
are also in it for the sake of animals, for the sake of humanity, the earth, etc. And I just did what I do. Basically, it was applying my skill set, what I was good at, to this new problem. And once I found what I wanted to focus on and validated it as a good focus, something that could be beneficial, I partnered with Food System Innovations. That's a nonprofit based in California in the U.S. They do incredible work. I would really recommend you check them out. Their focus is to shift our food systems towards plant-based, away from animal-based products. I say plant-based here, but I mean alternative proteins in general, everything that isn't animal-based. And yeah, and then I partnered with them to create it. And we started going around talking to other potential collaborators. There are quite a lot of organizations, companies, research institutes, research groups out there that would like to use the incredible power of AI to help the problem of extrusion for plant-based meat. But each one doesn't have enough data to do that. So that's really where having a third party bringing all of the data together and using it for something that then everyone could benefit from, it's a huge plus. Yeah, I totally get that. You got to really network and gain a better understanding before you dive deep and, and start an organization like that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, you did your homework, essentially. Yeah. So aside from your work on green protein AI, how else do you contribute to the alternative protein transition? I know you have a couple other roles in more of the nonprofit sector. Yeah. I always try to just give wherever I can help using my expertise. I'm happy to do so. So I'm part of the GFI mentor staff. For those of your listeners who don't know, the Good Food Institute has a fantastic mentoring program where alternative protein startups can just apply and get free mentoring with people that are very talented professionals. So I do my work there as well, just meeting with different startups, usually pretty early stage, helping them understand what they can use with AI or what they can't use, what's a good way to start. A lot of times my advice is mostly just make sure you save all your data because even if you can't do anything with it now, maybe you don't have the resources, the bandwidth, the whatever, it's going to be useful later. And if you don't save it now, it's going to be too late when you do get around to it. So I have that. I'm also I serve in the advisory board of the Modern Agriculture Foundation, which I mentioned before, I think, it was actually the first nonprofit in Israel to focus on the alternative protein ecosystem here. They predicted the future better than most of us. They started a while back. I wasn't there from the start. I wish I could take credit from that. I only joined in the past year or so. And I also work with a research group called Deep Voice Foundation, which is, again, a nonprofit. And we use machine learning and deep learning technology to help with whale preservation, basically. We work with whale recordings. Actually, it started as whales. Now it's all marine mammals. Just help researchers in the area with their conservation efforts. Wow, that's very impressive. I don't know how you can manage to do all of those roles at once. 
Yeah. Did I mention that I sometimes work a bit harder than I should? I really enjoy it. I get up every day and I'm really excited to work on what I do. And I think that's the secret to being able to achieve a lot of things. I mean, one of them. There's a lot of secrets, I guess. Of course. So yeah, it seems like you have a lot on your plate and you're part of a lot of organizations. So how do you manage all of those roles at once? Yeah, and it's not even all of my roles. Also, I founded and I lead the Israeli community of women in data science. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. So I would say that for some of them, it's because a lot of the work is when you start off with something new. And then later, it doesn't take as much time. For example, with the Israeli community of women in data science, the first year I had to devote more of my time to really starting it. And now, of course, it's all something that I do. It does require some attention and time, but also I have a team of other leaders that I recruited and do fantastic work. So when I have less time, it's okay because someone else can cover for me and still get things going. Yeah, I guess just once you've already started something, it takes less time to maintain it at the same level. But also, I'm an energetic person. I do a lot of stuff. That's very impressive. So what are your plans for the future? So actually, I'm heading for a big change. As we talked about, I'm currently located in Israel. In a few months, I'll be relocating to the U.S., to the San Francisco Bay Area. That's a place where a lot of alt-protein companies are and I hope that will also help me make an even better use of my skills to help promote our industry. I'm sure whatever you do, you'll have a tremendous impact based on all that you've done so far. I think you're only trending upwards. Thank you. I hope so. All right. So speaking of trending upwards and growing, what advice do you have for people interested in pursuing a career in the alternative protein industry? So I would say for those that have already started their careers and maybe have worked a few other jobs and are thinking of transitioning, I would say look to see if there is some place where you have added value just because you bring different experience that isn't normally in the alt protein sector, like where your skill set could really be applied to be most useful. And in general, I would say for those who are just starting out their careers, Don't be shy to take time to build your skills, build your career capital. I definitely felt what a huge difference it made for me coming into the field of alt-protein when I already had my skills, I had some career capital. And I think it's okay if you start in jobs and just take the time to be really good at what you do. And then when the timing is right both in the economy and personally, you can find the way to make your move. Fantastic piece of advice. I would totally echo all of that. And I think listeners should really take that to heart. All right. As we wrap up the episode here, is there anything else that you want to add or talk about? I would just like to give a shout out to Food System Innovations and the great work that they're doing They're my partners for Green Protein AI, as I mentioned, but they also have a lot of other really great projects. 
And I guess in general to everyone listening, I'm going to assume that if you're tuning in, you probably care about all proteins and animals and the future of our Earth. And it can be difficult sometimes. I know that for myself and my friends, we see the change that needs to happen and we see how slowly it goes. So I would say as much as you can, try to be patient and know that a lot of great people are working towards this goal. And there's enough of us in this group effort to really make it happen. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the episode and sharing your experiences and your journey toward the alternate protein industry. And I learned a lot about applications of AI in alternative protein industry. It's not something I'm very familiar with, but I'll provide a couple links in the show notes to other resources where people who are interested in learning about the intersection between those two industries. So yeah, thank you again. It was really great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Likewise. In this ever-changing world, every industry must adapt to the current markets and trends in order to continue to thrive. The alternative protein industry is no exception, and its adaptability to transformative technologies, such as AI, further indicates how there is a place for everyone, including you, to be a part of the alternative protein revolution. If you want to learn more about careers in the alternative protein industry, please follow the Cultivating Careers in Alternative Proteins podcast on Instagram for posts about episode releases, alternative protein resources, job boards, career advice, and so much more. Do you have questions that you'd like to ask someone working in the alternative protein industry? Well, you're in luck, because Talist has a day in the life of Q&A session every month with a professional from the alternative protein industry. A link is provided in the show notes.